Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and then every kick. The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is a sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 12th episode of the podcast on November 15, 2012. It's almost time for that turkey buck buck. That's yep. chicken. So <laughs> that's, that's closer to a turkey. I was gonna say, uh, we just I just like cooked a turkey for one of my club's meetings. Whatever. Put it on my plate, I'll eat it. <laughs> but we have some sports to talk about first and some football. But first, like we always do here, uh, we're part of the Show Me News Network, of course, episode twelve. Uh let's go into the red zone, Joel, and the twenty yard line where we cover the three biggest stories of the sports week. The twenty yard line story. Gets in the world of baseball. Baseball. Yes, baseball. Um, we're talking about the Marlins and how they had a giant trade with the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Yep. They kind of unloaded all of their talent, <laughs> except for one player. Yes, it wasn't a giant trade. It was a mega trade. <laughs> It was a trade that, like, everyone looks at it and thinks it's unbelievably ridiculous. And it's worse when you think that, you know, they just opened their new stadium last year. Mm-hmm. Crazy lights, all these things, you know, it's almost like a circus in a way in the stands. You had Ozzy Guillen as your manager, and then he makes some Fidel Castro comments. <laughs> but the stadium was publicly paid Yep, and then suddenly the you know the owner says, "Okay, the GM, we're going to trade Jose Reyes, Josh Johnson, Mark Burley, catcher John Buck, and then uh, utility player Emilio Bonif- Bonifacio." Mm-hmm. Um, you have Giancarlo Stanton, who's going to be a monster, monster player down there. Oh yeah, he's pissed. Like. There's no other way around it. And even this ESPN article here covers the Marlins traded since July. And I know with Anibal Sanchez and Omar Infante coming to the Tigers, like that's, for me, my hometown team, like that's, you know, that kind of hits home there. But mm-hmm. they've unloaded so many players. Well, weren't, weren't they the ones who we were su- suspecting talking with the Yankees? earlier about um oh, oh with alex rodriguez yeah, yeah. possible that, yeah and they did so, get a lot of you know a lot of young talent which you know never always pays off and so i, I mean just, i just use never and always right back to back <laughs> that's stupid of me <laughs> usually does not pay off uh, but sometimes it can um let's see what are the blue jays sending back uh you know escobar Henderson Alvarez, Jeff Mathis, and a lot of prospects. Yeah. Uh, Bud Selig is currently reviewing the trade. So there's the slight chance it may be overturned, but he's hearing from some people 
you know, who have you know neutral cases are like, oh, it's a it's a pretty good deal for the Marlins with the young talent that are getting back. Mm-hmm. It's still crazy though. Yeah, it is. It's so it's so so many players. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And look, the Marlins have a history of kind of dumping their team, but usually it's after they have a really good season, like they win the World Series, you know, 97, yeah. 2003. 2003. They'll, they'll unload their talent. That's, that's fine. They were last place this year. They underwhelmed severely, and now they just remove, remove all these players, get them out of town, and Toronto... You know, now is you know possible contender in the East. Even though you have the Yankees, you have the Orioles, mm-hmm. you have the Tampa Bay Rays, who you know we're all making a push for the playoffs there. And I don't know how much better Boston's going to be, but now Toronto's right up in the thick of it. Yeah, I mean, you got to think Boston's going to be better. Than they better were. than what they were, I'm sure. Yeah. I guess. So that's going to be quite the division. Yeah, that's. I'm not too sure about that. Mm-hmm. But who knows what's going on with the Marlins right now? The owner says he's not going to trade or he's not going to sell the team, but it's still ridiculous. But let's look at the Toronto side of the thing as as we make uh the, make the play here. Mm-hmm. What place in the AL East does Toronto get next year? What do you think? I mean, like you said, it. it I mean, it's going to be it's still going to be tough in that division. Um. No, I'm I'm trying to think of like where it would place them. What did they finish this year? This year they got fourth. Fourth. It was the Yankees, the Orioles, the Rays, the Blue Jays, and then the Red Sox. Okay. Well, like you said, the Red Sox are going to be a little bit better. I'm not sure how much better because you know they're kind of rebuilding, rearranging their organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they'll definitely still... I think they'll finish ahead of them, <laughs> at least. Um, I don't know. I mean... It's definitely... I think it I think it definitely will... Uh, help them. Mm-hmm. You know, especially over the next, like, two or three years. Um... I'm not. I, I'm not sure. Like direct impact, like right away, um, because anytime you, anytime you shift around a lot of players, and that you know, that's saying like even if the deal does go through, we're still not sure if it will. Um, you've got that. You know, they've got to get used to each other. They've got to play together a little bit. So I think you'll be able to tell. You know, probably like, I don't know, like, ten to twenty games into the season, like how they're actually going to be. Mm-hmm. But um. Um, I say maybe they do maybe a place better, third place. Okay. That's fair, I think. Yeah, and it's definitely with the condition that, you know, mm-hmm. the trade does stand yeah, up, of course. Um, I'm going to give them second place. I think they make a wild card mm-hmm. team. That pitching staff just got revamped in a big, big, big way. Now, Toronto mm-hmm. never had, like, you know, pitching that you could fear. Yeah, it's going to be Better. Johnson and Burley are reliable veterans that will do big things for that rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Reyes is still as fast as ever, you know, still a strong player. And then you have, you know, sluggers like Jose Bautista on that team already as it is. 
Yeah. So I don't think it's good enough to win the division. I don't know if Baltimore has as good of a year as they had this year. Mm-hmm. Yankees will compete, I'm sure, and I could see Tampa taking the division next year. Yeah. To be honest, mm-hmm. uh, they just had you know a rough start with injuries, and Evan Longoria was out for a huge part of the year. Yeah, you got to think they're going to be kind of back to their form. Mm-hmm. Plus, you just had David Price uh, win the AL Cy Young. Uh, you had R.A. Dickey win the NL, and then the MVPs just were announced today. Uh, Miguel Cabrera beats out uh, Mike Trout. And then you had Buster Posey winning the NL MVP. Uh, yeah, Random good. side story there. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking the second. I think the Blue Jays get a wild card. And that's it's a bold prediction. Yeah, well. I think it could hey, happen. That'd be exciting. Now, in the world of college football for the 10-yard line play, Bama goes down. This game, I got to tell you, Texas A&M at Alabama was something else to watch. Yeah, I mean, if you if you only watched, uh, what was it like, a little bit into the second quarter, it looked like it looked like they were going to blow Alabama out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they just came out and Alabama could not stop. They could not stop Johnny Manziel at all. He could do basically whatever he wanted to. There was a play where I think he like the snap was fumbled mm-hmm. um, into the backfield. He picked it up, and he I think he ran to his right um, and found somebody streaking like for, for like a 40-yard touchdown or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just basically uh, Alabama's defense just it looked bad. And it, like, it really hasn't really looked bad this year. There were a few times in the LSU game where people were really out of position. But, you know, that, I mean, there, there really isn't a defense that we've watched this year Maybe besides Notre Dame's, it's looked more solid, mm. you know, every single game. And um, it was just kind of uh, strange. You didn't expect it. And, uh, I mean, you know, this kid, he's only a freshman at quarterback. And, uh, I mean, if you don't if you don't know who he is now, you probably, by the time he's finished there, you'll know who he is. Oh, he's right up um, there with Colin Klein, I think, for the Heisman right now. Yeah. I mean, he's his numbers are great. I mean, if you go and you actually look at his season numbers, they're better than like the numbers Tim Tebow put up in his Heisman seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like their first year, you know, going up against these teams too, which is what's also kind of impressive about it. Yeah, you also have Kevin Sumlin coming over from Houston, bringing that air raid offense, mm-hmm. and it's not a common offense you see in the SEC. No, so really. it's it's very impressive. Although Alabama made a game out of it. Oh um, yeah. You know, coming back for a score, and then they were driving again to take the lead late in the game, and A.J. McCarron throws his second pick on the goal line on fourth and goal. That was... Yeah, he hadn't thrown any interceptions until that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. Um, yeah, Johnny Football, though, the, the legacy is starting to build down mm-hmm. there for the Aggies. But it makes it interesting, because you had four teams going to that week, and everyone was paying attention to those four teams. Yeah. You had Alabama, you had Kansas State, you had Oregon, and you had Notre Dame, all undefeated. And then, you know, Georgia's right behind them in the BCS standings, but they have the one loss to uh, South Carolina, that awful, awful loss, my goodness. Yeah. Um, but then you had those four undefeated teams, and now Alabama falls out of that. Granted, they're at four now because they're still, you know, ahead of Georgia 
with that. Uh, it was a, it was, it's a tough loss, but yeah. you know, they still have the pedigree there. So you have right now have Kansas State at one, you have Oregon at two, and then you have Notre Dame at three. Now, as we make the play here, and we think there are two weeks to go uh, in the college football season, which is crazy considering we started this podcast you know, in the first week. Mm-hmm. Who plays for the title here, do you think? Well, you kind of you have to look at what each team has left mm-hmm. on their schedule. Uh, two of those teams share a common opponent, USC. Um, and you know, as, as you watch, you know, I'd say the only game where you could really measure USC is what they did against Oregon. The only thing what you saw in that game is that there is no way they can stop Oregon on off. I mean, their defense cannot stop Oregon. I mean, obviously we. You don't give up that many points, and and you know it just even in a rematch, I don't I don't think they can stop them, but they can score. Um, you know they have a lot of talent on offense, and I think that benefits them more um, more against um, a team that struggles to score at times, like Notre Dame. Um, I'm not saying that they'll beat Notre Dame, but I think it's a it's that's more likely to happen than them beating Oregon. If they get a rematch, mm-hmm. um, which still I don't what it's not even decided yet. They might not even make it to that. No, game. It's re- I think it really comes down to this week's game against UCLA uh, yeah. to lock up that division. And so uh, if they don't beat US- UCLA, they you know they don't even get a chance at them. And um, you know so so you know they kind of have to play their way into that game. Um, they're going to play or I mean they're going to play. Um, Notre Dame no matter what. So they they get a shot at them right away. And I think that their receivers can give you know, can give Notre Dame some trouble. So I, I'd say, you know, I again I think Notre Dame will probably still win that game. Just because their defense is I mean, it's really good. Um and I think they have enough offense, but I don't know. Um and then I I don't see anybody on Kansas State's schedule left on their schedule that can actually beat them now that Colin Klein's going to come back. Well, yeah, Baylor and Texas left. Mm-hmm. Baylor and Texas on the schedule. And then let me look here in the Big 12 standings. Um expanded standings. Oh, they don't have. No, there's divisions. no That's no the ch- other thing. Oh, that's right. That's the other thing. They only have those games left. They don't have to worry about another game. I'm so used to the Big 12 championship game mm-hmm. and it's not a thing this year. And so that's another thing that benefits them because their strength of schedule obviously that's what's got them ranked so high anyways and they've gone through it undefeated. So they don't need that extra boost from a championship game. But it benefits them in the fact that they don't have to play an extra game. So, the thing is, even if Notre Dame goes undefeated, their schedule ended up not being as tough as everybody thought it would be. It's the first part of their schedule that everybody thought would be tougher, but it ended up not being as tough because of those Big Ten teams. And they, the Big Ten teams they played struggled out of conference, and that's what brought their strength of schedule down. Right, Kansas. Oklahoma is still a great win. Mm-hmm. That's still a really good win. But besides that, it's hard to look at their schedule and say, you know, this was a really difficult win for them. That's a good point. You know, they have, uh, I think Oregon's got a really tough, you know, they, Oregon's got Stanford and then the Civil War <laughs> oh, yeah. with Oregon State. Yeah, I, both, I think Oregon would games. be ranked one at the end of the season if they went on mm-hmm. those games. Cause yeah, and then you have the championship game, too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I don't see Oregon losing any of those. No. I. Um, they're, they're too good right now. I mean, their their defense is against average teams will just shut people down, and they can score against absolutely anybody. I, I don't know a defense they could hold them below 30. Did you see their game against Cal last week? Yeah. Like, Cal kept it close for so long, and then Oregon's <laughs> like, <laughs> nope. That's, it seems like that's what it's like against Cal every year. At California is, I think, one of the last teams to actually beat them mm. um, in conference. They're just, even, it's a, the thing that's weird is that even their second team offense competently moves the ball down the field against starters on the other team. Yeah, that's it's something else. That's that's scary. <laughs> yeah, so I Their think quarterbacks it's gonna... a freshman. <laughs> I, I don't know if Oregon beats USC. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, blah blah blah. Notre Dame because Notre Dame has Wake Forest and USC left, and I don't know if Notre Dame beats them. I think they've had a charm season. They are a very good team, but oh, I no. just don't think they're worthy of being undefeated. Yeah, they. Speak. And maybe I'm a little bitter. Like Michigan, you you. Beat Michigan by like was it around ten or so? But the six turnovers that Michigan had, yeah. the five straight passes that ended up as interceptions, like the, uh, really. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, Pitt had a moral victory against them. I'd say I, I really don't think, like I don't think Notre Dame felt like they won that game after. Mm-hmm. Like, after yeah, so I think it's Kansas State and Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, and. Oregon, I don't know if anyone's going to stop them. I, I really don't like... I, I get, again, at the beginning of the season, um, I just from what they've done over the past couple of years, that was kind of what led me to pick them. Now that they don't even have to play an SEC... Even though I don't really see... I don't know. I feel like the SEC teams aren't as good overall as they usually are every year. I know that kind of sounds weird considering where they're all ranked still. But I feel like um, maybe the defenses aren't as good, nearly mm-hmm. as good as they usually are. Like, I mean, the top usually the top six teams in the SEC have like the top six defenses in the mm-hmm. country. So, um, all right, here, please, 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 knock on wood. No SEC team in the title game, please. I let's, think let's that, stop this silliness right yeah, now. Texas A&M, you know. What better way to come into the SEC in your first year but to basically knock your conference out of the national <laughs> championship? That, that streak that they've been going. Although, no, it's going to set up a really good uh, championship game, I think, with Alabama I, and Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, that, that should be a good game. I think Georgia's kind of, since that loss, figured out whatever the heck was wrong with them because, you know, that loss just was, I mean... It was like they didn't even show up. So yeah. they, they looked much better. So who are the teams you think are going to play? I, I think Kansas State and Oregon. Yeah. I just I think that if you look at what's left on each schedule, I think, you know, Oregon, I don't think it would matter who was left on Oregon's schedule. I think they could be playing in the SEC right now and probably still win all their games. They just, you know, they just they can score 21 points in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like it's nothing. It's scary, that's for sure. All right, the five-yard line play. The top story of the week, at least according to ESPN and all of their coverage that has been <laughs> nonstop about it. It's late. Uh, 
the Los Angeles Lakers had a one and four start to their NBA season. This is after you know getting Steve Nash, getting Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant, Paul, Paul Gasol still there. Big expectations, and you know Mike Brown did not have a complete season last year because of the labor issues, and then he goes five games in the season and gets fired. Um, and this was you know the day before where their owner said. Oh, you know, we have faith in him. You know, no works as hard as he does, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. <laughs> the weekend comes around, and there is speculation that, well, maybe this is because they have, uh, you know, Phil Jackson vested in there. Maybe he's got the interest, even though he retired, mm-hmm. you know, the year before, um, a little bit off for his health. Maybe he's interested in this team and comes back. Well, apparently they could not get a deal done, despite earlier reports of saying that one was very likely. And so they end up with Mike D'Antoni, who previously coached the Knicks, uh, you know, one of Kobe Bryant's basketball idols growing up, apparently. Mm-hmm. Great offense, you know, play with you know, Coach Steve Nash in Phoenix during those days when, you know, Nash is winning MVPs. Yeah. I'm sure their offense can get clicking. The question is, can Mike D'Antoni solidify the defensive end of the Lakers? Well, I you know I kind of think that they have I feel like they have more defensive talent than the Suns ever had mm-hmm. when he when he was with them. Right. Um, you know, if you watched what was it like Armani Armani Stoudemire and uh, um, Steve Nash and um, I'm trying to think of this Sean Marion. Yeah, I used to watch them a lot, and they you know. They could just, like, it was just fun watching their offense because, you know, Steve Nash, he'd basically, you know, get into the middle and mm-hmm. of the, of the you know, but set everything the thing, up, like, basically. He, and, didn't, he didn't play or coach with two bigs, though. You have yeah. Paul Gasol and Dwight Howard who take up a lot of space down yeah. low. It's, and, it's, it's a little bit different personnel, but, um, again, it's, you know, the personnel that they brought in... Do, they don't necessarily fit what they were running on offense. They're, you know, that triangle offense already. The people that were there in place kind of fit that, but the people they brought in weren't really used to that style of offense. Hmm. So, I mean, again, that's not really saying much to the defense, but, um, you know, there there's such a thing as, you know, transition points and turning the ball over, which leads to automatic offense for the other team. And if you're not, you know, if you're turning the ball over a lot, anyways, on offense, it's not going to help your defense. Right. So I don't I, know. It was, it was a huge, huge story. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's shocking that you make that move so early. Two, only two coaches lasted longer in NBA hit or you know, did not last as long in NBA history. One was fired after like four games or three games and one after one because he resigned or something. Mm-hmm. So really weird circumstance to be fired that early in the season. And I don't I don't think it was panic time. You had people in the oh. crowd chanting, you know, we want Phil, and then you can't get Phil. Yeah. Um, I think Laker, Lakers fans could be happy about the move, but compared to trying to get Phil Jackson back again, that's got to be disappointing. Well, yeah, and... I don't know, like, I've heard a lot of conflicting reports with that whole thing um, about, you know, him, like, I read one report report where he said no. 
he said absolutely not at all like i'm done i'm not doing and then another one that was like oh yeah we could just get a deal worked out uh you know we talked blah 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 and i just like I, like i don't even know what to know like to believe mm-hmm. <laughs> like like were they actually talking to him or like why why would one report say like it's I'm like, what in the world? Oh, that's confusing, that's for yeah, sure. Journalists, what are you doing? Anyway, I'll make the play. Will the Lakers at least make the conference finals? Um I don't I mean, they definitely they definitely have the talent to do that. They have a lot more talent than half the teams in the NBA. Right. Probably if you took like two team, two or three teams in the NBA, put them together, it'd have more talent than all three of those teams. Um, so it's definitely possible. Um, I don't like, it's hard to say just because, you know, they, you got to think like in the off season and everything, they were like practicing one thing and they could possibly be changing offenses and don't know what they're going to do on defense. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe talent could um, could overwhelm whatever scheme is. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, yeah, just so all those Laker fans can be happy. Because <laughs> that is all God, they have. <laughs> because if they're happy, then we don't have to hear anything from them. But if they're mad, then that's all that anyone talks about. Exactly. Well, no, I think you're right. Like There is just too much talent there overall. Something's got to give at some point. You have the Thunder, who also are very good. Um, but then again, like that was also... Yeah, he's, I mean, he's a good coach. That's uh, true. He is. It just, you know, it seemed like every time that he would get to like a finals or something, he'd always run into a team that was better, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they make the f- NBA finals per se, but mm-hmm. I think the conference finals is possible. Yeah. And I mean, he's familiar with the conference because mm-hmm. he was there for a long time. It's very true. Well, the replay is the section of the show where we look back at the predictions we made for last week. Uh, particularly with college football and the NFL. We'll start in college with Miami at Virginia, minus one. Virginia wins 41-40, to 40, <laughs> thus covering the spread. It was on a last-second touchdown. Yep. And they tried to go for two and didn't get it. Um, that, was, that was something else. There's a tight end in the back of the end zone. Great footwork to get that in, but wow, surprising. Yeah, that I, I didn't really... I only saw like that last part of the the game mm-hmm. but i laughed really hard when <laughs> i saw the final score yeah well same thing with the next one you had oregon state and stanford minus four and stanford wins by four 27 23 yeah oregon state like they started off so hot and yeah they're kind of showing how overrated they were right now yeah stanford's i mean stanford's a decent team they mm-hmm. have a really good running back um, and they really need to just run the ball. Absolutely. And I, I think if they just run the ball, they don't have to worry about much else on offense. But, like, I think their front four on defense is really good, but the rest of their defense is really bad. Texas A&M at Alabama, minus 14. We talked about this one already, but 14-point favorites Alabama was, and they lose by 5, 29-24. Yeah, it was... 
do if you could find a replay of the game, go watch it. It was a really good game. It was a really good game. I had to tweet about it. It was so good. And when that happens, oh man, Penn State <laughs> at Nebraska. I was hoping for the Penn State upset here with minus <clears throat> seven and a half in favor of the Cornhuskers, but you know Nebraska. They are right now in the lead for that Legends Division mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. Game up on Michigan with the tiebreaker. And it's not looking favorable for Michigan right here as you know Nebraska hangs on 32-23. Yeah, I was I was rooting for Penn State. My brother-in-law went to school there too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of cool to see them you know, still competing and everything considering all the players they lost. Mississippi State at LSU, minus 14.5. Mississippi State started off with a school record as far as, you know, I think they're like 5-0, 6-0. They have struggled the last few. LSU opens up the offense. Even if it was a minus 14.5 game, they covered and won by 20, 37-17. Mississippi State started playing the good teams. That is the I mean, that answer. Is, <laughs> like, they had them all lined up. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for them, but. I'll tell you what, though. No one saw this coming. Notre Dame at Boston College, plus 18.5. You think Boston College is so bad. Notre Dame, you've know, got to keep that momentum going. 18.5 points. Notre Dame only gets the margin of 15, 21-6. to 6. Yeah, I mean, like, you had to, you just had to kind of feel it after watching their game, game before. I mean, Pitt's obviously a better team than Boston College, but, it, you know... Mm-hmm. They're, they just they they really struggle. Like they have no problem stopping other teams. They just struggle to score, and it, it really doesn't matter who they're playing against. Um, their offense is, I think that's what would hurt them if they got into the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Like they just would not be able to score. Yeah. And, I'll tell you what, though, they'll clobber Wake Forest this week. Oh, of course. Wake is worse than Boston College. Uh, the extra point for those that picked it, Baylor at Oklahoma. Oklahoma minus 21 and a half, and they can only cover eight against Baylor, 42 to 24. Yeah, I'm see, sorry. That, that's or, what, 42 to 34. Yeah, because um, Baylor can still score. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't, you know, just like a number of other teams out there that can have good offenses, they, they have trouble stopping anybody, but they can score, and like that's why usually, you know, just like something, a rule that I try and go by, some, um, you know, often when I see teams that can score like that, you know, if they're, if you, you, you probably want to pick them in the spread because they could score, you know, even with like, you know, a few minutes left in the game, they could toss on a touchdown at the end of the game and throw off the spread. Right. Northwestern at Michigan was the one I was picking for the extra point, minus 10.5. Northwestern up by three with. Less than a minute to go, although, you know, 30 seconds or so. Devin Gardner, you know, former wide receiver, former quarterback, turned wide receiver, turned quarterback back again for Michigan, throws up the 50-yard bomb to Roy Roundtree. Tip, bobbled, catch, get down there, kick a field goal, send it to overtime. Michigan wins on a touchdown in overtime. I was really impressed with him. I mean... Just I I watched as much as that game as I could, and I is he's not a senior, is he? He is a junior, and he'll yeah, he, he'll he's be coming back next year. Yeah, he's your quarterback. I'm I'm sure of it because Northwestern is much better than they usually are. Mm-hmm. Much better, 
Well, they and, just can't close out games. That's like their third time they've lost in the fourth quarter yeah. with having a lead. Um, but again, that you know, he had to at least get the ball in position for the receiver to make a play on it. I mean, it was a great play, but um, oh, so it was, it was a five hundred alive kind of play. Yeah, five hundred. Uh, <laughs> and you know, he he kind of um, he's athletic too. He was mm-hmm. a wide receiver. Um, so, I don't you know, know why they, they made the move to wide receiver because I guess the word is that they didn't think he was mature enough to handle the quarterback position, but now like maybe that's changed. Or maybe it was the desperation that they throw Russell Bellamy, the redshirt freshman, back up to, De- or to Denard Robinson when he gets hurt in the Nebraska game, a game that you kind of have to win for the division. And the guy goes, what was it? It was three for 16 with three interceptions. Mm-hmm. And now he's oh, he's uh, injured. He's uh, something happened. Oh, Let's be uh, a lot of teams only have two quarterbacks like listed on their roster. Um, usually, they if they have you know more athletic players that came in as quarterbacks, they moved them to, to a different position. Mm-hmm. You know, to take advantage of their ability. And you know, you'll see a few schools like the some of the the bigger schools that like when they've had like a certain recruiting year where they brought in two quarterbacks. Maybe if they didn't redshirt one, but generally there's only like two. Mm-hmm. And so when Denard got hurt, I'm sure that they started. They had to move him. They yeah. they basically had to. Um, so sometimes a ridiculous to move to yeah. start Devin Gardner at wide receiver. But that's enough Michigan talk. We're <clears> gonna move on. West Virginia at Oklahoma State minus seven and a half. I watched this one and this one was not pretty. Yeah, you can't you can't turn the ball over on special teams twice, um, which led to I believe at least ten or fourteen points mm-hmm. directly, um, and that basically puts the game out of reach. Um, you know, anytime anytime Oklahoma State got a turnover, they basically took it in for a score. So, you know, you can't turn the ball over. I mean. It, you know, it's nice that Stedman Bailey was able to come back. He, that was actually a day after he had his um, his his um, wife had their daughter, mm. brand new. Like their daughter was just born the day before, so he came back and had a nice game. And it definitely opens things up when he's on the other side of the field and Tavon's on the you know the other end. That's true. Um, but they, you know they've still got a lot to figure out, and they've got a you know they've got a team coming in who's this week who's only lost two top five teams, so mm-hmm. that's yep. going to be tough. Yep, sure is. Uh, in the National Football League, professional football, Detroit at Minnesota, plus one. Uh, this one, not as close as it looked. Minnesota 34-24 Lions mm-hmm. are in a really brutal part of their schedule coming up. And you know, Minnesota just ran the ball with Adrian Peterson. I would, too. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta gets the first loss of the year. At New Orleans plus one, this one was a close one too. Yeah, I mean they they really, considering the records and everything, they it you know I was surprised by the the spread, but it, those people in Vegas know more than we do apparently because so. they saw this coming. The New York Jets are a mess. They went to Seattle, Seattle minus six, and they whooped them. Seattle twenty eight to seven, and now there's like all this controversy with Tim Tebow and. Unidentified Jets players throwing him under the bus, and it's it's amazing that in a way that he hasn't started because of the New York media. But 
that whole team is in shambles. I was going to say, I hope that you're like unidentified. I mean, do you know how much that guy can bench and squat? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be scared of him. <laughs> and he's got the power of Jesus. Exactly. He's going to like throw holy water on you or something. <laughs> it burns. It burns. Dallas at Philadelphia plus one. Uh, Dallas gets two quick touchdowns. You get a punt return and then a pick six back to back, and that put the game out of reach. Thirty-eight twenty-three. I was surprised it was that close. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, and hey. then yeah, Nick Foles is going to be starting this week for Philadelphia after Mike there Vick got knocked out of the game. So a while, but <laughs> there it's it really, is. Andy really, Reid's job going out the window. Really <laughs> I don't know if you ever like watched him in. In college, he's just like really tall and lanky. Mm. He's definitely lanky, that's for sure. Houston at Chicago is a rainy day uh, at Soldier Field, minus one for the Bears, but Houston pulls it out thirteen to six. Yep. Really defensive struggle. Um, hoping for more. I was hoping for more of an interesting game. Jay Cutler gets knocked out. Should be back this week though. It makes it interesting. Houston's defense played really well. Mm-hmm. It sure did. And then in the Monday night football game, and this is why picks are so weird, you had the Pittsburgh Steelers who were coming in as hot as anyone in the National Football League. And the Kansas City Chiefs, who to that point had not had a lead in you know in regulation. Despite the fact they won one game and that was on a last-second field goal as time expired, they mm-hmm. had not played with a lead at all 10 weeks into the season. Well, they got a lead on Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger sprains his shoulder. Even though Pittsburgh was an 11.5-point favorite at home, 16-13 Steelers in overtime. So Kansas City technically gets that one. Yeah, their Steelers defense bailed them out in that game. Uh but it, it really does it kind of like sets up for this week, which was, suppo- it was supposed to be a really big week between you know for the Steelers and the Ravens. Completely changes that game. Oh, absolutely, it's going to be interesting. So you are a game up on me. I'm 37 and 40, and you're 38 and 39 in college football. But then again, I did have a one and six week mm-hmm. barf. Um, <laughs> then in the NFL, we both had four and two. Week so we're both at thirty three and twenty seven. Major Moses continuing as the smidge leader in college football. Same thing with Skull Jumper in the NFL. They've got impressive records, that's for sure. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the pick six this week. You know, one sentence predictions after we make our picks here. We don't show each other our picks, so we'll see how similar or how different they are. Rutgers at Cincinnati, minus six and a half, goes at noon on Saturday. Big Biggie showdown, and I can't claim to know anything about the Biggies because I picked Pittsburgh to win that division <laughs> and conference, and that is so wrong. Just a general rule of thumb: you never pick Pittsburgh for anything. Six and a half. <laughs> yeah, so you say <laughs> Mountaineers. Six and a half favorites for Cincinnati. I'm not buying it. Um, Rutgers is currently unbeaten in their conference. I like them on the road at the very least to. Prevent Cincinnati from covering. Give me the Scarlet Knights in Rutgers, New Jersey. It's a good pick. I'm going with the Rutgers too. They're, they, you know, they they struggled against Kent State. Um, I don't know. That game was kind of weird. Kent State's like, got a lot of offense though. Yeah, Kent State's good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think Rutgers still has a solid defense. Um, and you know, they can they can put up points when they need to. Um, you know, 
The quarterback has a good arm and chug it down the field. I think they have more talent than Cincinnati does this year. I think Cincinnati just most of their wins they've just gotten by. Like you know, Virginia Tech's an awful team, but they just got by them. Yeah. Um. So I, I yeah, I'm definitely going with Rutgers in this one. We'll keep it close. USC versus UCLA plus four at three oh five Eastern time. Interesting start time. Mm-hmm. Big game for the Pac twelve South. Who do you got? I I have USC. Um, I think that they I think they have you know enough talent on offense to get by UCLA. Um, you know. I, I just don't I don't really think UCLA can contain those wide receivers. Um and I think that they kinda I think they run right by the secondary in this game. So I think, you know, maybe by a touchdown. Yeah, USC has to salvage their season in any way they can and getting to the Pac twelve championship would definitely help. I <laughs> uh, give me the Trojans. Yeah. I think four would be no problem. And, you know, they're they're so close. It's not really a home or away game really for either of them, so it's almost almost feels like neutral site. But yeah, the talent out wide, yet Matt Barkley in the in the quarterback position. And I think the defense does enough to to cover the four points there. Mm-hmm. Ohio State at Wisconsin, interesting matchup in the Big Ten. Wisconsin minus three at three thirty. It would mean a lot more if Ohio State weren't a bunch of cheaters and they were eligible this year. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> that well. is that's that's a thing now. <laughs> Um, Wisconsin stamped all over Indiana last week. I don't know if you saw that game. Uh, it was not even close. They had, I want to say, 520-some yards of rushing. So, like, what we're used to from them. Right, right. And they spread it all out amongst their, their backs. Monty Ball is one touchdown back from tying the all-time touchdown mark for college football yeah that's crazy i think you gotta like wisconsin at home here although ohio state is undefeated it doesn't mean a damn thing to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is the last thing i want in a michigan ohio state showdown next week for them to say that we're, we're unbeaten screw well, you buck nuts I mean, I, give me the badgers I was going to say, you could do it either way. You could say, well, we want to be undefeated so we can beat them, but... but except uh, I don't think Michigan will beat Ohio State. Well, <laughs> I, think this we- the- I think match. this week's game will have a big impact on what, what happens in next week's game. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a like a motivational standpoint. Um, I think if Ohio State loses, then they'll kind of not be motivated for the week the next week i don't think that's true at all but okay i'm not um, just i'm just saying i mean they won't be as motivated because undefeated season. yeah maybe by a very small percentage look the undefeated season doesn't give them anything this year. i know but except recruits that's it i know well you and know, to them nope. to them you know. And smack talk, okay, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, they'd be so like, they're still oh, gonna be hyped well, AP people, blah, blah. Like, you know that's what they would say if they went undefeated. Sure. They'd say, we want to be voted number one. Except now. their schedule has been very weak. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. But, um, I think I'm going, yeah, I'm going to go with Wisconsin in this one, just because, um... 
I think Wisconsin can run the ball against them. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to believe that they can. I want to believe. <laughs> so, and yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. You know, it's always cool to see people break records in college football. So, let's give them five touchdowns this week. You know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Let them put an explanation point on the record. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I think Ohio State has squeaked by enough teams this year. They they really it's surprising because they have a lot. They have a lot of talent on defense, and I don't know how it's not better. Um, yeah. it, I mean, it should be a lot better than it is. Their offense has been winning all their games for them. And if, if you know, if if that quarterback hadn't been having the year that he's had, they would have probably lost five or six games. So um, I think Wisconsin right now just looks better. And they're a hot team right now. Yeah, so you got to go with them. Texas Tech at Oklahoma State minus ten and a half at three thirty. This is these are teams that have had weird seasons in the Big Twelve. Like generally good, but they're not that predictable. Yeah, if they were in the ACC, they'd probably be going to a championship game. <laughs> That's true. At least competing with Florida State. Yeah. Who do you have here? Um, I think I've I've got Texas Tech. Um, I'm not really sure why it's ten and a half because both teams are are kind of similar in the in the at least the way that they run their offense. Um, you know, Texas Tech doesn't run the ball as much as Oklahoma State, um, but I think Texas Tech has a better defense. Um, and so I'm, I'm just not really sure. Like I feel like this. Fred should probably be a little bit lower because both teams can score mm-hmm. really quickly. Um, that's my logic here too. Um, I these teams feel so similar to me, and I was stunned to see a ten and a half point spread. Um, so I think Texas Tech has a better quarterback. I'll, I'll agree there. I mean, Oklahoma State is one of the third string quarterback, and these he still beat West Virginia. Yeah, they have I, they have the best running back in the yeah. league by far. Yeah, but I'll give me the Red Raiders. I, ten and a half is too much for me, and that's really the only reason I'm going with that because these teams are just so unpredictable. Yeah. Oklahoma at West Virginia, going to Morgantown. We kind of circled this one at the beginning of the year. You said you were going to it, plus ten and a half at 7 p.m. Eastern. But give me the Sooners in this yeah. one. Um, I know you can only pick your team for so long, mm. but at at a, at a certain point. Oklahoma is just, they're very talented. And I haven't seen West Virginia flip the offensive switch back again since, you know, Geno Smith's video game-like, you know, performance. Yeah. I'm going to go with Oklahoma, too. I just think, uh, you know, I think they definitely could win by two touchdowns or more. You know, it only would take like two or three turnovers and it could be 21 points like nothing like that so um you know offensively they have a lot of talent they have their backup quarterbacks like a fullback on the goal line and they just yeah. runs the ball in there um they have talent wide receiver their defense is probably one of the better ones in the conference um and the only teams they've lost to are number one and number three in the country so, um, I'd say they're pretty good. <laughs> um, kind of sounds know, like Michigan, actually. 
Yeah, a, a lot to of Alabama and Notre Dame. <laughs> a lot of people um, thought that you know they'd win the conference, and, uh, and I don't, nobody saw Kansas State. Oh no, coming out of where they came from. So um, I, I'd say um, I'd say it's probably I don't know, like it might be like a lock of the week game. <laughs> like interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's possible. That's for sure. Stanford at Oregon, the primetime 8 p.m. slot, minus 20 and a half for the Ducks. What do you think? (laughs) Like, there was a time, there was a game where the spread was 28, I believe, earlier in the year. And it was the first time I didn't pick them. And they covered it. And, you know, I because I think Stanford's a pretty good team, um, you know, up front, defensively, up front, offensively. I think they're solid. Um, they can run the ball. I just don't know if their defense is, I don't know. I mean, I'd say still the key to stopping Oregon is it starts up front. Like, that's what all the SEC teams did to them mm-hmm. whenever they, you know, they got a chance. To, when, when they played Auburn... The way that Auburn beat them was up front. Yep. Um, and I think Stanford can kind of do that. I don't think they're nearly as talented. And I really don't think they can... Like, if this is a shootout, it's over for them. I don't even have a chance. Um, and I just I just don't know what game is not a shootout for Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, they, can, they can beat you so many different ways. It's not just one thing. And... Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, I think they can score. I beat them by 21. Um, it's at Oregon. I mean, you know, they're still fired up. They, I mean, they're actually playing their starters four quarters now and yeah. see what's happening. So, I don't know. I'm going I to th- pick against Oregon and regret it. Um, I, I think Stanford can keep it within three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Granted, I don't know how close past that, but I just got a gut feeling about Stanford, and it, that's like that's a bad way to pick. <laughs> no, but like if Oregon can beat Stanford by three touchdowns, I think they have no problem cruising the national championship game. Yeah, plain and simple. Extra point here: NC State at Clemson minus seventeen. It's three thirty p.m. Eastern. Now, when I put in these lines on Wednesday. And we record on Thursdays here. Michigan and Iowa did not have a spread. Yeah. Now I check it. Check it now. We do. And Michigan is favored by sixteen and a half. As my brother and I go to Ann Arbor for his first big house experience. I don't know if Michigan can cover that. They're they're not who I'm picking as far as the pick six. You know, I, I set those in stone on on Wednesday for ourselves. So I got to pick. NC State at Clemson, minus 17. Oh. Clemson's as hot as anyone right now in the ACC, especially on offense. Yeah. I don't see NC State putting up enough of a performance to stop that. Give me the Tigers. Um, I Yeah, I really want to pick Clemson in this, too, because, uh, I mean, they're the, really the only team lately just because Florida State's still struggled a few times with some teams they shouldn't be struggling with. Oh, and I bet Clemson they, feels so bad about not winning that oh, game yeah. right now. Um, Clemson just they you know they come out every week and they play well, um, and 
you know, they, I mean, they look like they did last year. They look almost like the same team. Um, cause you know, they started off, they, they got that loss and they won a whole bunch of games afterwards. Um, uh, NC State is what, they're still the only team that beat Florida State, right? Yeah, it was fluky as hell. I'm not bitter because mm-hmm. it was my national championship. Oh, wait, yes, I am. I so, picked Florida State to win the national championship. Um, you know, I I kind of feel like NC State is, they were better prepared to beat what Florida State does, at least offensively, mm-hmm. than what Clemson. Clemson does something completely different. They're just, they're really wide open with their offense. It's, um, you know, they, they can run the ball, they can pass the ball, and then they go play action, like, all the time. I mean, it's it's just really... And it, their offense has really changed a lot since that Florida State game. Mm-hmm. You know, they've since that game, they've really opened things up. And so I think it, it kind of lends more to um, them tacking on an extra score in the fourth quarter or something like that. So I am going to go with Clemson. I really want to pick NC State just because I thought, oh, maybe they'll get up for this game, mm-hmm. but it's at Clemson, so it's not yeah. really like it's not going to be the same thing as that Florida State. Yeah, they'll touch the rock and roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's Clemson, right? They touch the rock. I I think so. Yes. And then I think and then so. and then rock and roll. I they so, always I did so it punny. I so punny. South Carolina game. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, NFL, let's make it quick here. We got six games to pick for pro football. Green Bay at Detroit, plus three and a half at 1 p.m. Eastern. Whew. I'll tell you what, Detroit Lions have not played a talented quarterback so far. Aaron Rodgers, talented quarterback. Lions secondary, god awful. Lions get bombed. Green Bay rolls. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty hard not to... Not to pick Green Bay in this one, um, just because you know from what you've seen from both teams this year, Green Bay's still probably just as good as they probably not as good on defense, but still still as good offensively as they've been the past couple of years. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with them. Philadelphia at Washington minus three and a half at 1 p.m. Eastern as well. What do you think for this one? I've got Washington. You know, Philadelphia's still on that downward spiral. You don't know what's going to happen to this team by the end of the year. And, um, yeah. I am picking Philadelphia on principle. Oh, um, I picked them to win the NFC East. Although, if they do not net me this win, I am not picking them for the rest of the year. <laughs> Fact. Put it in stone. Um I don't think Philadelphia will win, but I'm still going to pick them anyway. <laughs> At least they'll maybe Washington won't cover or something. I don't know. Philadelphia. San Diego at Denver minus eight and a half at 425. Uh, give me the Broncos. Yeah. San Diego has kind of been middle of the road here. And I think Denver has a chance to make a run here. Put a you know grip hold on that division. Peyton Manning starting to really get that chemistry really flowing with that his teammates. Eight and a half, I think, is no problem for the Broncos. Give me yeah. Denver. Yeah, I'm going to go with Denver, too. Um, you know, that offense is looking very fluent, um, very well put, well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's in sync with his receivers. Um, you know, I, I don't... 
I think, you know, a lot of people didn't think that this year they'd be able to do this well. At least, like, you know, be in sync offensively. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, quickly. their defense is playing pretty good right now, too. So, um, you know, I was thinking more like two years, three years, maybe a year from now or something like that. But it, it's looking a lot better. And um, I, don't know, I think I just I think I just had this idea in my head like earlier in the season like before it started i was like i feel like he's gotta make that impact right away Mm -hmm. or everybody will start questioning it and he has so i know you're a big fan of him i sure am indianapolis at new england would have been a good game if peyton manning were still there but it's still gonna be interesting minus nine and a half for the patriots at home at 425 Mm-hmm. What's your thought on this one? I I have Indianapolis. Um, I think maybe this is one of those games where, um, for some reason, New England struggles again on offense. They they've had a couple of those where you just kind of scratch your head and say, "What is going on here?" And you know, Indianapolis makes enough plays offensively and that rookie has one of those moments you know andrew luck has had quite the season so far that's for sure um i have the colts as well Mm -hmm. now i would normally pick new england in this situation but for whatever reason their mantra this season has been Let's find a way to blow fourth quarter leads or at least make it really close. Yeah. I think nine and a half is a lot here. You're coming on a team that is, you know, motivated, uh, especially with, you know, Chuck Pagano. You know, they talked to the team last week or a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't think Indianapolis will win, but I think they'll keep it close. Mm -hmm. So give me the Colts. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens at Pittsburgh Steelers plus three. At 8.20 on Sunday night football. I have the Ravens. I mm-hmm. just don't trust uh, Byron Leftwich with the starting job. And they, they do have a good running game. But I think the Ravens are still decent enough on defense despite their injuries to put a stop to that. And they'll get enough pressure. Um, it will be a very good game, though. Yeah. And I think, you know, because Pittsburgh's defense definitely can you know hold their own as well. Uh, but I have the Ravens in this one. Leftwich hasn't started in like three years, and that's mm-hmm. trouble for me. Now, he, you know, he's still got a big arm. He could he could throw the ball downfield and stuff. It's just those. And last week he came in and you know made plays when they needed him to. But um, like you know, he's he's still learning this offense. Yes, yeah, it's the decision making. So uh, and you know, it looked like Ben finally got a hold of it and figured it out. And, uh, you know, it was looking really good, well put together. Everything starts with the run game. They're still going to have to run the ball to keep it close. But I think it kind of says something that I feel like a lot of teams, if they would have lost, you know, a quarterback that, like, basically runs the team like Mm -hmm. he does, um, that this spread would have been probably, like, 10 or more (laughs) for the Ravens. But there's still a solid foundation on that defense. The backup safety has been playing amazing without you know without Troy there mm-hmm. and um you know they still they still have three linebackers that could play anywhere 
So, I mean, they, they still have talent on defense. It won them the game last week, but uh, Baltimore, you know, they're, they do more offensively than probably most of the teams they played all year. Um, so I'm going with the Ravens on this one too. Um, I just feel like you can't, <clears throat> you can't really pick them without Roethlisberger there starting. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to be a great, big, a great game though. You know, the rivalry and everything. It's gonna yeah. Be hopefully big. it's like snowing or something. That'd be nice. Yeah. Monday night football, Chicago at San Francisco minus four. Now you got teams that, you know, had quarterback scares with concussions. They should be coming back and playing. But what's your thought on this one? Who do you got? I got San Francisco because, uh, you know, I, I I think uh, I think they still have um, I think they still have a defensive advantage over Chicago. Chicago's got a good defense, but I still like San Francisco's base defense more. Um, and I think uh, if I, you know, it's at San Francisco, I think if it would be at Chicago, it would be a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, it's the fact that it's there, and um, I think San Francisco does enough offensively. Um, you know, probably win by a touchdown, 10 points, something like that. The Niners and the Rams tied last week. It was mm-hmm. the first tie in about four years. And they didn't know. They didn't know that could happen. <laughs> well, that was Donovan McNabb <laughs> that didn't know the rules. In 2008. Um, that was a weird game with missed field goals and everything. My goodness. Um, I think the Niners bounce back, though. I still like them as a more complete team. They're still my Super Bowl pick. Uh, I'll, I'll pick the Niners on principle there. So we both have one game that we disagree on, it seems. Stanford and Oregon. I've got the Cardinal, and Joel's got the Ducks. And then in the NFL... Philadelphia at Washington. I'm stupidly picking Philadelphia, and Joel likes RG3 there. Um, it'll be an interesting week in sports, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, it's going to be... You got Wii U coming out on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be watching football. Damn. We got you know, stuff to do for you, my video game podcast. For all you sport video game enthusiasts... Uh, we will kind of bring something a little bit different, I think, in future sports games. Something mm-hmm. to look forward to with the hub basically on the screen that you have in your hands. Oh, yeah. That's that's for sure. You pick plays for Madden. Although this year's Madden is yeah. not going to be that good. Don't, don't, don't get it. Just wait for next year's Madden <laughs> on Wii U, and then you get to experience that. In fact, all the sports games, just give them a year yeah. to figure out Wii you U. you got to catch up. But, Maybe you'll be able to, like... Scan your tickets from your games you when they go. get that when they get that sensor thing. Yeah, the near field communication, <laughs> or uh, maybe you have. Oh crap! I just had an idea and I totally blanked. Damn it! No. <laughs> God, a lot, oh yeah, all the Meverse things. Yes. You can imagine what they do with oh, uh, sports games. Oh jeez. <laughs> you can beat yourself and get tackled and break your leg. <laughs> Come me and Madden would be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but with all of that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Take it easy.